Elias Lindholm scores twice. Jacob Markstrom very good in the Calgary Flames net, and they earn a 3-1 victory tonight at Rogers Place. James Neal with the only goal for the Edmonton Oilers. Dylan Dubé had the other one for Calgary. Connor McDavid held off the score sheet. That doesn't happen often. He had 15 points in the previous five games. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's 945. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins inside Rogers Place. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Freeze brothers broadcast center okay rob well you could tell early that this was not the same oilers team we saw in winnipeg there were some moments and certainly credit to markstrom i think we'll talk about his game as we go along but not a overall very good night for the oilers weren't sharp breaking the puck out of their own end weren't sharp attacking for the most part though the third period was a little better and calgary came in here played an intense game still distant playoff hopes for them but they did keep them alive yeah it was the start we've we've talked about it uh, a, a bit where the Oilers are slow starting hockey clubs and their goaltender keeps it in and uh, they've been able to get great goaltending to allow them to get leads in hockey games and then they've started to run away from other teams tonight they looked a little sloppy looked a little fatigued tonight and the Calgary Flames came out and, and pushed and pushed and uh, they they were able to break through early, and then they got the life from the from the goal. They got the life from playing with the lead, and the Oilers' sloppiness was some of it was uh, on them. Some of it was bad bounces, bad breaks, sticks breaking on them, pucks bouncing over sticks. But normally that happens when a team is the second best team. Yeah, you, you don't usually see the team that's playing better have all the breaks and bounces go against them. And the Calgary Flames were, they, in all honesty, just a much more desperate hockey club. I, I do believe that the Oilers' schedule played a part in that. But I also believe that the Calgary had a little bit more uh, desire in their game tonight than the Oilers did. And, and the Oilers' best players were not as good as they normally are. And we know that when they aren't, the Edmonton Oilers have a hard time winning hockey games. 3-1 Calgary is the final. I was thinking during the third period just how this game sounded. You could almost tell how it was going because you know the sound of a crisp pass that's accepted by a guy in stride and then maybe there's another one and they string some passes together. This game sounded like a bunch of little chops. Someone's chopping at the puck and then it bounces off somebody and somebody whacks it off the boards and they can't handle it cleanly. And that was usually the Oilers when they yep. were trying to make a play. The Oilers were a little bit off. Uh, players that are pretty consistent with making stick-to-stick -stick passes were a little bit off. The, the I don't even know goal. I think it's the first goal where Leon Dreisaitl misses Ethan Bear is 15 feet away from him in his own zone. Uh, we've seen Leon Dreisaitl make backhand passes 45 feet to a guy going full speed and he puts it on his blade without any problem. Uh, passes like that, shots. Uh, a number of Oilers got in good position to shoot. Yamamoto in front of the net near the end of the game misses a wide open net. Leon Dreisaitl had two or three opportunities to hit sticks and went into the stands. It was just they were a little bit off. And in the National Hockey League, even teams that are on the outside looking in like the Calgary Flames uh, with playoff hopes but sitting on the outside right now, if you don't bring your A game, those teams will beat you. And tonight the Calgary Flames came and had a game plan and they played it to perfection. They were more physical. They were good at getting uh, into passing lanes, into shooting lanes. They got pucks out. They won face-offs when they needed to. Uh, it was a, a perfect game plan and it was executed well. 
And then to top it off, your goaltender has to be your best player when you're playing a team that's better than you. And Markstrom was excellent. He let The goal that he let in, Neil's goal, was not a good goal. But there were four or five other opportunities. Oh, this is, oh, that was a big save. Oh, there's another big save. He gave them the saves that they needed. And tonight, he was the first star for the Calgary Flames. Yeah, no doubt about it. He was excellent. And some of those opportunities the Oilers had came when they were down 2-1. And tying mm-hmm. the game, it would have changed it drastically. Neil had a breakaway, 11 and a half to go in the second period. Markstrom stops him. Backdoor pass, Yamamoto to Nugent Hopkins. Yamamoto, or, uh, Markstrom has his pad hard against the post, makes the save. Early in the third period, Shore, point blank, tries yep. to go five-hole. Huge goal mouth scramble. Kulikov finally pulls it out. Markstrom stays with him, stays with Without him. a stick. Yeah, moving to his right. And really, they they showed a great great replay from the reverse angle of where we were at, and Kulikov had nothing to shoot at. Nope. That was excellent goaltending yep. by Markstrom, just staying in position, not panicking, not flopping around. And then uh, Yamamoto, all alone in front so, mm-hmm. so that's the thing I mean the, the the effect of goaltending Calgary outplayed the Oilers but I would still give the Oilers probably seven or eight grade A opportunities Markstrom stopped all of them yeah he, he was good and the Calgary Flames uh, talent wise are not as good as the Edmonton Oilers and sometimes when you are playing a team better than you could press and get chance after chance after chance and all of a sudden puck bounces one way and here they come against you and we saw that where Neil uh, had it the Flames had pressure and also Neil's on a breakaway uh, you need your goaltender to make some big saves in those moments and, and he, he did it was a, a good game for the Calgary Flames and again uh, I, I said it about a month ago that the same four teams were going to make the playoffs but the Calgary Flames have belief they pulled within four four points I believe of the Canadians tonight uh, they know they more or less have to run the table and every time they get a win it's just a little bit more belief in that dressing room, and they come out the next game just a little bit harder. So I expect the Calgary Flames on Saturday to be better than they were tonight. The Edmonton Oilers are going to have to be better too. Well, and a huge game tomorrow in the divisional race because it's it's Winnipeg against Montreal. And Winnipeg, who will get in, barring mm-hmm. some incredible collapse, but they've lost five in a row. Yep. So they want to turn things around. And the Canadians, who still have the advantage Mm -hmm. but you know a a loss tomorrow and you talk all the time Rob about doubt and and confidence and the mental side of the game then then you wonder if uh, you know if Montreal all of a sudden looks at the standings and like oh oh, oh." no they they still have an advantage because if if Calgary you know even loses a couple games in a row or two out of four it it's 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 over over. but it's it's interesting enough at this point well every time Calgary wins it puts a little bit of pressure on the Montreal Canadiens so that game tomorrow against Winnipeg's just a little bit bigger. Um, the, 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 and if Calgary, if Winnipeg does win tomorrow, because, I mean, Winnipeg, they're not in any must-win situation, but they certainly don't want to go limping into the playoffs losers of 10 of 12 games. That's not a way to, to enter a playoff uh, series. So they're going to have their best game in a while tomorrow. So it'll be, it'll be fun to watch, and that's the nice thing that right now, uh, for Oiler fans uh, that we've got last year, now we get again this year, we get to watch with excitement at this time of year because all these games have playoff implications and it, it, this is when hockey is fun and the Oilers again this year are part of that. Okay, Calgary takes it 3-1 tonight over the Edmonton Oilers. So the season series now between these two teams, 10 games. <laughs> 
between the two of them this year. Edmonton is up 5-4. Mike Smith takes the loss. He made 27 stops. His record now 17-6-2. And as we mentioned, Markstrom was excellent, finished with 30 saves this evening. Calgary's record is 22-24-3. So, uh, you know, the, these two teams are going to play again on Saturday. Edmonton goes into Vancouver on Monday and Tuesday and they will have a chance they're, well they're going to have regardless of anything else that happens the Oilers will have a chance to clinch a playoff spot in the head-to-head games against the Canucks because that's actually the team well because it, of all the Canucks games in hand yeah. they're actually closer than Calgary even though if you look at the standings they're not closer than Calgary well the Oilers play them like nine, ga- nine games in a row so one of those well, games well they play the the low the Oilers last seven games is Vancouver 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 Montreal Montreal Vancouver so the, there's an opportunity in one of those Vancouver games to officially eliminate Vancouver and officially put the Oilers in the playoffs yeah it's uh it's it's still a fun race I mean we you go through the the ebbs and flows of the of the season. I, I I always like this time of year when you feel there's something a little more on the line. And I said I said last night, it's you see the little X's popping up by teams' names. Pittsburgh and Washington both clinched tonight. Let's go into the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's Dave Tippett. <laughs> Dave, um, maybe just a thought on on what you thought your team was uh, was struggling with uh, tonight that got you the result you ended up with. We were sloppy, sloppy with the puck, turned a lot of pucks over. Smith was really good in goal, gave us a chance, and uh, we had some chances, didn't bury anything. Um, there, there was a time earlier this year where you you might not have even you know thought about playing James Neal in back to back games because of some of what he was dealing with is it how good a sign is it that you know he gives you back-to-back games and seem pretty energized in both and that he seems to be uh, finding it here late in the season yeah he's worked hard in practice to try to get himself up and going here he's had a tough year with injuries and with the COVID so um you know he's a player that has a history of playing well in the playoffs so he's trying to push to get ready Mark's back for sports then. so I was going to ask you about Neil is he uh you know you've Every coach wants a guy who's scored clutch goals in the past in the playoffs, and that's his M.O. He's been doing it for a long time. Uh, do you have a weapon here that maybe you haven't had all season? Well, it's hard to say. You know, Neil, he's got to get up and going. You know, he's, like I say, he's struggled with some injuries and stuff this year. And I give him credit. He's worked hard to try to push his way in and try to, he wants to get in the game and have an impact. That's what he's done his whole career, and we'll see if we can get to that place this year. Right. Are you, you know, without giving up your lineup, are you, he's played fairly well for a few games in a row. Are you, you're clearly going to give him that chance over the last remainder of the regular season, Dave, to, you know, we're going to find out either way if this guy can play for you. Are you going to give well, him that we'll, shot? We'll see, we'll see how it goes here, but he's, he's a playoff style player, you know, so we'll, we'll continue to tinker with our lineup as we go through here and we'll see how it goes. But he's certainly, he's putting a push in to, to try to get himself ready. Daniel needs a moment in the athletic. Dave, you, Dave, you did a lot of uh, kind of tinkering with your lineup in, in the third period, especially up front. Uh, what were you trying to kind of get out of the, the group? Is it a case of, you know, a team playing on back-to-back in third and th- three and four, just trying to find guys that could, could go for you? You're just looking for something. Puck's not going in the net for you. You're getting some chances. You're just looking for something to happen. 
tweak it up so if something happened. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi didn't play much in the third period. Was there a reason uh, for that on your from your side of things? He got slashed on his elbow or something, but uh, he was all right. He was fine to play. Eric Van Dees, post media. All right, Dave. Um, just a quick question on, on Chris Russell. Is How's he doing after getting boarded there late in the third? Uh, you know what? I haven't talked to TD yet, but uh, um, I'll get it. I'll give you an update on tomorrow when we get him here. He was. Uh, he looked like he was hobbled a little bit, so we'll see uh, see where he is. But I haven't seen him yet. And when it comes to this game, it was your third game in four nights, and you guys had a lot of energy in the third period, though. Were you, were you encouraged by that? Because you, you had a lot of chances. You had 14 shots in that third. Yeah, they got a lead. You know, they got a lead, and we we pushed a little bit, but. Just not, just not enough there. You could tell fatigue was a factor in our game. We just weren't as sharp as we needed to be. So we'll get a rest day tomorrow and go back at it on Saturday. Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Hey, that was, uh, I think, your 13th game where you're playing three times, in, you know, the third game in four nights. So you, you've seen it. And when you evaluate your team at that, like, is that, do you, do you include that fatigue factor at all? I'm not using it as an excuse, but it's just kind of the reality of it when one team has that. Do you notice a significant difference overall sometimes on the team third game in four nights when the other teams, you know, hasn't played in three days? You you do notice an energy level, especially as you're going down late in the year. But that that being said, you always feel like you can have a game plan there. You can maximize what you have and find a way to win. So we've had times this year when we've been pretty good at it. Other times when uh, you struggle, when you if you get behind in that scenario, it, uh, it's a tougher climb up. So we'll get a day of rest tomorrow, and we'll be ready to go on Saturday. And when you started the game, you put Neil with McLeod and, you know, James feels yeah. like his game is slowly coming back to where he likes. And obviously, you know, amongst your guys in the bottom six, he clearly has the most offensive potential. Is that, is that what kind of you were looking for? You see McLeod, you want to mix yeah. him in with some more offensive guys. McLeod's been pretty good in the three games. He, uh, probably his best game tonight. He's, uh, he can transport the puck and Neil's a guy that goes to the net hard. So we just gave that a look tonight to see how it'll look. And, uh, you know, Neil had a goal, which is uh, good for him to keep his, keep pushing along, but we'll, uh, we'll continue to tinker away here. We'll try to find the best lineup we can down the stretch. Thank you. If there are more questions, this includes tonight's media available. Okay, that's Dave Tippett after the Oilers lose 3-1 to the Calgary Flames. And James Neal, I'm going to give him the fourth star, Rob, for Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual or your game day meal for takeout or delivery. Check out the menu at mrmikes.ca. It might have been the best game he's played all season. He did get the goal. He had a couple other excellent scoring opportunities. I mean, he's not fleet afoot, I think, putting it mildly, but he, he seemed like he was getting the pucks and getting it on the forecheck today. I still... I'm not sure. I, I, I guess that's possibly another storyline for the Oilers over their final few games here is the internal competition to get playing time in the postseason. And health, of course, will play a factor. But yeah, well, I, I've been in that position where, you know, when you're not when you're not one of the top five or six players on your team, you, players are interchangeable. And as you come down into whenever you get to single digits and games left in the season and playoffs are on the horizon, uh, you start to th thinking, you know, I, I want to be part of that playoff game. I want to be the first night when the playoffs start is pretty special and you want to be out in that lineup. So there is intercompetition. And when a guy gets an opportunity, he's going to make the most of it. Now, I know that there was a couple questions there in that press conference with Dave Tippett 
and pushing him like, hey, James Neal's going to be a guy that you're going to be using. And Dave Tippett was very noncommittal on that. He, he's saying that he's got some work to do. Uh, to me, James Neal's a great um, player that you have at your disposal, but I'm not sure he starts the playoffs in the Edmonton Oilers lineup if they're fully healthy. If you got both Kara and or Cassian coming in, those are two players you have to take out of the lineup. And what we've seen from Ryan McLeod, he's not coming out of the lineup up front. So now you've got to find two other players to come out. Uh, but James Neal, at some point in the playoffs, will play. The experience that he has is huge. The fact that he plays, honestly, he plays playoff-style hockey. It, it, he, he's not uh, going to sprint the length of the ice, but when games get a little dirty, a little muddy, He's in the mix, and he's in, he's in the corners. He's in, the, in front of net. He plays with edge. He has a little bit of nasty in his game. Those are the things that you want in a playoff series. Uh, so right now, he understands his situation. He knows that he's in the lineup right now because of some injuries, and he's trying to make the most of it. And tonight, as Bob said after the game, the two best forwards for the Edmonton Oilers were Neal and McLeod, both guys making a push to be in that playoff roster. Yeah, I thought McLeod had some good bursts of speed and some good moves didn't really confidence finish with getting a shot away but he he doesn't and that's a good way to put it rob because he doesn't look timid no nope. uh, you know i think he realizes all right if i'm gonna stay in the nhl like you got to try to make plays you can't just uh be i mean you gotta be smart but you also can't be tentative and stop doing what you've done to be successful at this well, point from what i've seen in the three games and this is the first time i've really seen him play but what i see he understands what his strengths are now he's a strong strong kid he's got some size to him and he's got speed so he puts the puck in positions where he puts the air so he can he can absorb a bit of a bump and then he'll use his speed to win the race to the puck. And there was three times tonight where he came down the ice and he threw the puck under the guy, the defenseman's stick, and then tried to go around him. Those are plays that we see Connor and Leon doing all the time. And this McLeod kid coming up from the minors is doing it, but he was having success with it. It's a kid that's got confidence. He played, I, I, I believe that he is a better player for the Edmonton Oilers now, having played the whole year in the minors than he would have been had he started here because he went down there and he played big minutes, important minutes, played power, played penalty killing. He's the guy that was on at the end of the games, I'm sure. So he is brimming with confidence instead of being a guy that would be in and out of the lineup playing 12 minutes some nights, six minutes others. And you can see it in his play. He, he knows what he wants to do with the puck and he does it. So he, he had a wonderful game today and he's actually gotten better each game. And that's good for the Edmonton Oilers. That is a... A uh, nice addition to your team without having to do it at the trade deadline. You had it uh, already in your system. Yeah. Well, the the speed's a different element that mm-hmm. could could really help the the third line if they if you want them to forecheck and grind and keeps pucks alive. I still I, and I've said this several times. I still look at the Oilers roster and think, well, they probably have if you were to have a perfect roster, two fourth lines as opposed to a true. I do think Archibald is a true third liner because he can muck he, he can skate he'll hit he can kill penalties he'd probably finish more if he you know would have a better center 
Or do you think he's more of a fourth liner? I think he's a fourth line guy, yeah. but a very good fourth line guy. That uh, see, I, I I find importance in fourth lines. So I think he's a guy that uh, he, he penalty kills. He's getting a forecheck. He's physical. He's a fourth line guy that can move up and down the lineup at any given time. He's never going to be a consistent guy on that can play first or second minutes line minutes. But he's a guy that in a pinch, uh, the coach will throw him up there because coach trusts him, and just like Devin Shore. Coach, coach yeah. trusts them. They're the type of guys that will get all. They, they will always be in your lineup for a coach. And as the season progresses, they become more and more important. Because when the games become more important, the situations become more important. You look down your bench. Okay, okay, this guy, he, well, he's up or down. This guy's out. Okay, I know what I'm getting with Shore. I know what I'm getting with Archibald. Their ceiling is only so high, but they hit it every time. Well, that's an that's an interesting comment. If, if we're talking about how the lineup is going to look moving forward and whenever casting is now we don't know if casting is going to be ready for the playoffs the last tip it said was week Weeks, to week yeah. you know care appears to be uh hopefully a little bit closer so you got mcdavid pulley Arvey, nugent hopkins dry settle and yamamoto they mm. aren't coming out nope. cahoon has been taken out a couple times yep. this year but he's probably staying in i i, I don't know about you know, that maybe not no nope, i don't know about that I, I okay, like but you're not taking Archibald out nope, not, under any circumstances. Nope. And he's short at the point now where you're not taking him out? I wouldn't take No, I wouldn't take him out just because uh, he gives you what he gives you each and every night, and you know it. And the coach loves that. And he's a guy that also penalty kills. I, Shore's game has not tailed off at all. He's been the exact same player ever since he got in the lineup. So, no, he doesn't come out of my lineup either. Jason? Well, to me, uh, guys like Jason, Neil, um, Cahoon, those are guys that uh, could be rotated in another lineup depending on who you're playing and what you're looking for. Okay. Because Jason and, and Neil are the same. They're third or fourth line guys that play the power play. Now, if you take one of them out, then all of a sudden a Pugliarvi gets to play on the power play. If those guys are both in the lineup, as we saw tonight, Pugliarvi doesn't play on the power play because you got to find minutes for Neil and Jason if they're in the lineup. The Oilers lose tonight 3-1 to the Calgary Flames. Let's go back into the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Here's defenseman Ethan Bear. A situation where it's just hard to put away a team that's fighting for its life and the, the levels of urgency might be a little bit different. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they came into play. They, uh, yeah, they're a desperate team over there, and um, you know we you know, played a game yesterday with travel, and you know you could tell they had a little bit more jump than us. Uh, you're going to get a lot of this down the stretch. You got some more with Calgary, some more with Montreal. Vancouver is technically still alive. I mean, that's good for you in a sense to temper your team down the stretch. I mean, uh, absolutely. Like these are these are playoff style games, and uh, you know when. When you're playing a team that's fighting for their lives, you know, they're they're putting everything on the line and, and we have to match that. And, um, you know, we got to bring that intensity and, um, you know, and that down the line, that's going to help us grow uh, to be a good playoff team. And, um, you know, if we can keep putting these teams behind us, that's that'd be huge for us. Thank you. Ryan Rashad, TSN. Ethan, you guys, uh, you haven't been losing a lot of games lately. Um, What's the best way to handle it when you do lose one like this, though? Like, how much will you pull out of this game? Or do you just write it off a little bit as, uh, you know, second night of a back-to-back -back long travel and you don't don't need to dig into it too much? Uh, I mean, obviously, you want to win every game. Uh, you know, to, to give one up, especially in a battle of a game, like, those are always hard and they're, they're heavy games. And, you know, we want to 
we want to show that you know we can compete and you know and uh, you know win these kind of games. It's it's important for us and um, yeah, definitely. Uh, no, no, I think we just look to next game and just try to rebound and, and uh, I'll play a lot harder. Derek Van Dees, Post Media. Ethan, uh, I just want to ask you about that first goal. It looked like Leon kind of played that puck a little further than you were expecting. How did you see that first goal? Uh, yeah, like we, you know, we try to make those short chair passes and sometimes a breakdown happens. And, uh, um, you know, hats off to them. They made a good play and, and it's the back of our net. And it's just a little mistake like that, especially when the team's fine for their lives. Like, you know, I mean, we got to make those plays. And, um, and you know, he, he, Leon usually does. You know, he doesn't miss a lot of passes. So, uh, um, uh, it is what it is now. Let's move on. And did you guys like your third period? Because you had some chances in that third period, and Marks had to come up with some big saves. Yeah, I mean, obviously we got to we had to you know do whatever we can to you know try and muster up a goal or two. And um, you know he's played huge. You know we had some chances there, but uh, you know fortunately they didn't go in. And, you know that's the hockey game. Daniel, leave your moment in the athletic. Uh, the, the first period went down without any penalties, all, all five on five. And then there was kind of a string there where it was penalty after penalty and kind of, it went down to a three on three at one point. Did you guys find it kind of difficult to kind of midway through the period to get in the, into the flow of the game a little bit? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, that's obviously a weird start, right? Like, I mean, it doesn't happen too often, but you have to adapt. You know, we're, we're, in, we're in the NHL for a reason. And, um, yeah, like it, when that stuff happens, it, it it sets off the pace. You know, some guys got to sit on the bench a little longer, but uh, you know, we got to be ready no matter what. And um, I think we handled it well. And Chris Russell getting back in after a couple of games, and you you played with him a little bit. How did you find uh, that pairing after after being with uh, Caleb Jones for a little while there? Uh, well, I I like playing with both guys. Uh, they're both solid players, and I'll be, I can trust them both now. And uh, I think we read off each other. We all read off each other really well, and uh, I think we. We all make a solid pairing. That is Ethan Bear. He and the Edmonton Oilers beaten tonight 3-1 by the Calgary Flames. Brian in Papua New Guinea texting in. We heard from him a few games ago as well. He says when the Oilers are not pushing the puck forward and there are too many back passes, it will not be their night, whether it was fatigue or the Flames or both. It appeared like that tonight. That is Brian in Papua New Guinea. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You'd be calling the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed professional-grade building materials. Okay, you'll hear from James Neal as well as we move along tonight. We're also looking for somebody to finish the play. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Jordan will get it off the boards and out two on one for Calgary shorthanded Backlund with Lindholm Backlund to Lindholm oh, oh wow what a save by Mike Smith as he got it with the glove that was unbelievable and what a call by Cam Moon that was with time running out in the second period the Oilers were on a power play Calgary gets a two on one Lindholm Thought he had Smith down and out, but then like a gopher popping his head out of his hole, Smith's glove comes up and snares the shot for one of the best saves we've seen this season. Yeah, it was nice. He had him down. He just certainly didn't have him out. And uh, at that point, you're thinking, okay, you know what? Maybe the Oilers are going to come back in this hockey game. They've got the power play coming. they got the big save. Unfortunately for the Edmonton Oilers, Markstrom was a little bit better tonight, and they weren't able to capitalize on their power play. Got a text here from Wes who says, if the Oilers uh, do face the Leafs in the playoffs, would that make the first time in history that the Oilers 
play the Leafs in the playoffs. Well, that would be. I would think so, yeah. That, that, that would be. The Oilers have played Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver, and Edmonton have all played each other at some point in the postseason. And Montreal. Edmonton's played Montreal. They've yep. never played Ottawa in the playoffs. Uh, Toronto has played Ottawa and Montreal several times. Uh, Toronto would never have played... They, they haven't played Vancouver, Calgary or Vancouver. No. I'm just looking back here, though. The Canucks... Oh, no, the Leafs and uh, the Leafs and Vancouver played in the Western Conference Final in 94. See, you're older than me, so I don't know these things. Okay. <laughs> but they played in... Because remember, the Leafs were in the Western Conference for a while, the Campbell Conference. Remember, they played in the... When Vancouver went in 94, they beat the Leafs in the Conference Final. I don't remember that. I remember that. That's a long time ago. I don't remember this morning. And the Canadians and the Canucks played in 1975. First, oh. first time Vancouver ever made the playoffs. Huh, didn't know that either. Well, well, see, I learn things when I this is with you. A, this is a very educational program. It is. I'm going to forget it by we tomorrow. Should, we should be on at 10 a.m. teaching kids. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on. Actually, the, yeah, that's when I get off the ice. We get the Mr. Dress-Up time. That's right. Watching. I can do that. I'll get off the ice, and you and I go and sit and talk to the kids and teach them. <laughs> Their parents will be happy. We just need We just need a dog that lives in a treehouse, and we got a kid show right here. Well, and we'll call it Finnegan. Was was Finnegan the dog? Well, yeah, we well we do some knockoff names. Well, I got two like, dogs at home. I got Charlie or something. Charlie and Maggie. We'll bring them in. Our, my dogs can come. They're <laughs> really well behaved. Nothing could go wrong. <laughs> How did the dog get up the tree into the treehouse? Was there a ladder? I can't remember. Doggy steps, perhaps. I don't know. I always found that a little suspicious. Didn't Mr. Green Jeans come and help him out? Do you mean Mr. Dressup? <laughs> Mr. Green Jeans was another show as well, too, oh, wasn't we'll it? Oh, see, now, because you're older than me. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember that. And the Polka Dot Door? Oh, I remember the Polka Dot Door. That was a good show, too. Yeah, that was a really good I show. Like yeah, one. really. I, yeah. <laughs> as I, we I really enjoyed how this story developed over the course <laughs> of the series. <laughs> I could actually sing that song right now. That was a good one. This texture says, why don't they play fresh bodies like Bouchard instead of Bear? I mean, if you're going to replace Jones, you might as well replace Bear as well. Uh, no. I, I, Bouchard is only going to get in the lineup, I believe, if there's an injury. I, I do. I don't, he's, I don't see him being on their, their radar as a playoff uh, defenseman unless there's an injury. I think he's further down the depth chart right now in Dave Tippett's mind. Gator says, would you play McLeod with McDavid? So on the wing, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I mean... I think that's a possibility. I don't think you want to do it in the first three games. Let the kid uh, enjoy his uh, opportunity in the National Hockey League without heaping a whole bunch of pressure on him. But, yeah, I I certainly would uh, throw that out there. He's got a ton of speed. He's one of the few guys on the the Oilers that actually would be able to keep up in uh, going going with his speed on the wing. Um, Yeah, and and I would imagine and just guessing that you will see that at some point over the last eight games, McLeod getting an opportunity with McDavid. I do believe that will happen once. Yeah, that, that would be interesting to have someone that fast with, with McDavid. Uh, yep. I th- would think Pooley-Arby is going to keep getting time. I know yep. they shuffled the lines in the in the third period today, and Tip had made that comment that Pooley-Arby got whacked on the elbow, so didn't play as much in the third period. Well, that was just anyway. one of his reasons. Because he put... He, he put did say right afterwards... Yeah, he did say afterwards, he said, but he was okay to play. No, I, I would... I, I do believe you will see at some point McLeod there, and I think it'd be a... Uh, it's worth investigating. It honestly is. I think Cahoon's been okay, 
but the, he doesn't have the size or the speed that McLeod has. He has both. Oilers lose 3-1 to the Flames. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village Restaurants, now offering takeout complete details at jvedmonton.ca. So, Rob, I want to ask you about something because you'll have a greater technical knowledge of how teams try to structure and, and check. And McDavid like many of the great players is hard to stop even if, <laughs> even if you think you have a good plan but we saw when when toronto won those three games in a mm-hmm. row here and like pounded the orders they they were getting on mcdavid as soon as he got into the neutral zone he is in his way trying to skate with him two guys shading over towards him and i thought and I'm curious to see if you thought this. I, I, I thought Calgary was trying to do that tonight. Like, really pick, because he likes to loop back and generate speed and then get well, the puck that way. What Toronto did was they didn't let him get the puck. So as soon as there was a turnover in the offensive zone, one of the Toronto players would turn around, find McDavid right away, and get in the passing lane. He didn't always have to be on McDavid, but he was in the passing lane so that the player looking up, trying to find Connor with the pass sees he was seeing a Toronto Maple Leaf guy in between and then he wouldn't move, move the puck to him. So they took away Connor's, well, one of Connor's great strengths and that is his speed through the neutral zone. It just, it scares defensemen when he's coming full blast. Uh, Calgary, I thought, did a good job as well today clogging up the neutral zone, making sure that it, wherever, normally Connor and Leon go wide mm-hmm. and they, they get themselves in a position kind of in a quiet zone, and then they get a pass with in, in full stride. Now they're flying down there, and now you're in trouble if you're a defending team. The Calgary Flames today, again, bottled up the neutral zone, so when there was a turnover, they put bodies between the guy with the puck and where he wanted to go, where Leon was, where Connor was, so they didn't get the puck with full speed as often as they would like. Toronto did a much better job than Calgary, and also tonight, uh, part of it is Connor was good, uh, and Leon was off. So part of the Calgary Flames' success of slowing those two down is those two look tired. Yeah. I mean, as Ethan Bear said when he talked about Leon, Leon doesn't miss those passes. He, I mean, he makes 90-foot passes without even a blink of an eye. This was a 10-foot pass that he missed Ethan. Now, part of it was uh, Chris Russell got in the way, but he still, that's a play that he would make. He wasn't... Leon, this was uh, an off night for him. And all over the rink. All oh, over absolutely. the rink. And, and Connor, again, wasn't as... I mean, there was one play tonight where Connor got the puck up at the far blue line for us. It was right in front of the Calgary Flames bench and dumped it cross corner and then looked up and realized that the rest of his line had changed. And, like, those are plays that when Connor is on his game, he knows where everyone is at all times. So, to me, I'm just... It's one of those... Someone asked... A question one of the press guys asked the question said is this one of those you take something from or is this one where you just throw it away you were tired to me as i'm watching this was a bad game for the edmonton Oilers because they were tired and you still learn from it because in the playoffs there's going to be games where you're not playing you're not feeling your best where fatigue comes into play and you still got to play through it but tonight the edmonton oilers were a tired hockey club and it showed on the ice yeah, I mean, like we were saying earlier, they, they weren't sharp, and, and certainly Dreisaitl, like, he, he just looked heavy tonight. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, he, he looked like he he was getting dragged down 
into the ice. And we like we know he gets frustrated. And I, I don't mind that because I think a lot of nights he channels that frustration and then sometimes lights the team up. But uh, he was off. And I mean, even, uh, you know, Barry, uh, and I'm not just picking on these guys, but usually but these they, are the they, stars. You know, yep. Barry handling the puck at the blue line probably <laughs> bobbled more pucks than he would in a in a 10 game stretch so yeah they they weren't they weren't sharp and then you start pressing and then some sometimes that makes it worse well and then you, we start talking about how fatigued they are and the one cool thing about in, in rogers now during the games they keep track on the big scoreboard you can see how much everybody has played and mm-hmm. uh, leon dreisaitl played 29 minutes tonight <laughs> and this is the second of back-to-back and the third of four games uh fatigue was an, uh, an issue and he was probably overplayed but the problem is when you're trailing in a game and you rely on two or three guys to score all your goals uh they're out there over and over and over again um uh, an off night. I mean, to me, I'd, it's, I don't find this a reflection on the team as a whole. I find this is a night where they were not their best and the better team won. Uh, I would expect the Oilers to have a much better effort after a day off. And uh, Cal- uh, the Saturday night game is going to be fun because I think you're going to see both teams better Saturday night. Yeah, so Dreisa <laughs> plays 28-49. There were 58 faceoffs in the game. Leon Dreisaitl took 31 of them. Well, again, when the, there's only two guys, I mean, he's the most consistent center. He's the, by far the best faceoff guy. Connor's the second, but there were out there a lot together. So Connor didn't take those. So it was always Leon taking the draws. Uh, and, and again, that's tiring too, having to go out for every faceoff, every little battle you have to do off the draw. Um, another reason why the Oilers were hoping yeah. to get another centerman at the deadline that could relieve. Uh, Leon of some of those face-offs that he has to take. Yeah, I don't want to talk too much about next year because we're really entering the, the fun meat, part. meat of the season yep. now and the fun part, but that will have to be addressed. McLeod had a tough night tonight, only one, one out of six, but that that is something that they're going to have to find because you don't... Dreisaitl carries enough responsibility yes. as it is where it's like, okay, you got to score on the power play. Sometimes you got to kill penalties. Oh, you got to be a good guy. Five on five. Oh, and oh, by the way, every time there's a key face-off in her own end, I guess it's... He has it. to go. And, that, and that's something that you look at McLeod and you like what he does, but you're limited as a coach. You get into a playoff series, you can't put a guy that you don't trust to win a face-off on the ice, especially if, if he's winning at a... a 15 or a 20 percent clip so all of a sudden every face off in your own zone you're either trotting out a different line or you're throwing out a leon dry and that gets tiring so that's something and now that's not on mcleod that's on the fact that he's new well young guys usually are good at, no. at face off i mean you're going against veterans that know every single trick in the book and are usually bigger and stronger and McLeod is starting to get his man strength, but uh, he'll get better as he goes, and that's something that you can practice a lot at this level. All right, so the Oilers lose 3-1 to the Flames. We'll out, uh, update the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The other North Division game, it's the Maple Leafs over the Canucks, 4-1. Nylander, Matthews, Engvall, and Marner for Toronto. JT Miller on the power play had the only goal for the Canucks, the Panthers win in overtime, 4-3 over Chicago. We were talking about this during the intermission. Sam Bennett is uh, up to 11 points in eight games for Florida. Gets his ninth goal of the season tonight. It is the overtime winner. No, it's funny about that is you know that if he was playing for this Calgary Flames team, he would not have been on the ice in overtime. Yeah, that's a good point. 
but in Florida, as he scores a game winner, uh, all the credit to him and good for him because he's a guy that you cheer for just the way he played. And he's having success in Florida, and good on Florida going out and getting that kind of player. Ryan O'Reilly scored twice, including the overtime winner. The Blues beat the Wild 5-4. It's the Hurricanes winning at home 3-1 against the Detroit Red Wings. Like Carolina's 33-10-7. and it, It's funny. It, it, it's a team that you, we don't hear a lot about, and every time they go on, I go on and see who scores their points, who's getting this. They are a very well-rounded team and very well coached. Rob Brindamore has done I mean, a fantastic first job. overall. They're good. Uh, well, Vegas uh, Vegas has a slightly better points percentage. They're uh, good, too. And, uh, yeah, Carolina has one more point than Vegas right now. That, that That's an interesting division because you have Carolina, Florida, and Tampa Bay all playing 700-plus <laughs> hockey <laughs> with points percentage, and Nashville and Dallas fighting it out for fourth, Chicago, they fall sort of hanging now, yeah. around, but in a, in a tough spot in Detroit or uh, Columbus. But you could have three of the top four teams in one division, and one of them will make and, the semifinals. Well, and two of them will be out in the second round. You could have two of the top three teams in the National Hockey League out in the second round. Yeah, that's a good point. But that, that's it. Actually, no, it's going to be more fun. I, playoff time is the most fun time of the season for fans. Oh, absolutely. Obviously, obviously. This year it's going to be even more so because you're going to be watching playoff series with teams that you might not have seen all year long. And you're like, hey, look, at Carolina's playing Tampa. I haven't seen these teams play since last January, a year and a half ago. But it'll be fun this year. Penguins over the Capitals, 5-4 in overtime. Islanders shut out the Rangers, 4-0. Devils beat the Flyers, 5-3. Taylor Hall scores for the Bruins in a 5-2 win against Buffalo. And the Lightning blank the Stars, 3-0. Uh, this texter says, guys, do you really think they'll win Saturday, fourth game in six nights? I don't. Well, to that texture, I say that's why you got to watch the games. Mm-hmm. But you have to follow up with a text on Saturday, whether you were right or wrong. That's my that's my only reply to that texture. That's a very you make good a prediction. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I pre- I predict both teams will be better on Saturday night. Three-one, Calgary wins it. You'll hear from James Neal. Hey, we want somebody to finish the play. So if you want to win stuff, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Okay, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We are in one of the biggest office spaces in the world. <laughs> it is, you're <laughs> Inside right. Inside Roger's place. This is, we have, we have this someday place to we'll tell stories of the cubicle we had at <laughs> Roger's place, the, the entire building. Well, I mean, it, it's real. No, what really sucks, Reed, is the people that um, own these low seats I that know. are they're going to have to move because this is where when people start coming out, we're going to have to do the games from here. <laughs> oh, because you're not moving. So, I'm not okay. moving. I'll be joining this fam, this group of four. We're gonna, excuse me, I'm just going to do the game from here because these seats are so good, so good. So yeah, yeah this is an incredible view. No, no, I, it's a completely different view than what we get in the press box that we can barely see because it's way, Well, the way press up box there. is still, I, it's still a good view, but it is really high. It's very it, it's, high. It's, it's very high. Well, it's a, it literally the eighth floor. That's the eighth level. I think it would be actually higher than that, though. It seems, I don't eh? know. I don't know, but I, the, I, I could probably announce which seats I sit at, the low seats in that group where now they're going to have to put a new chair in there because there's going to be five of us from now on when they come back whenever fans are allowed back in well good luck with that rough <laughs> i hope they're friendly i wish you all the best <laughs> i hope they drink beer Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the hotline for certainty at professional grade building materials Dwayne, go ahead thanks for giving us a call 
Excellent. I'm ready to finish the play, you guys. Oh, did you have anything on the game or the Oilers, or you just want to play? Uh, just want to play. All Give right. a shout-out to uh, my sister in Vancouver. She's the biggest Rob Brown fan there is out there. Oh, oh, no, how did, oh now we got a story here. Wow. How did your sister, well, did she did she follow Rob in the WHL, or what's the story? Okay, actually, I'm no, not sure actually. you want to ask this question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good point. Good point. No, she's been an Oilers fan for a long time. She moved out there about 20 years ago, and she listens to you guys on the 630 Ched website every night after the game. What, what's, what's your sister's name? Karen. Hello, Karen. How are you tonight? I hope you're having a wonderful night in Vancouver. There we go. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. We appreciate that. Okay, Dwayne, just for playing, finish the play. You have a $50 sawmill gift card coming your way. Awesome. And we have a little bit of audio here that will hopefully inspire you. Go ahead, Kellen. Sliding up the boards is Backlund for Calgary. Didn't get it out. Gave it away. Short. The shot. The save. Made by Markstrom. The rebound. It's a loose puck. Here's Kulikov. It's shot. Saved by Markstrom. And he covered it up. Oh, and a chance there for Kulikov. Okay, so a chance for Dmitry Kulikov. All we want you to do is name another team that he played for before he became an Oiler. Any team in the NHL that he played for before the Oilers. There were four of them. Jets or Devils? Nice. Those are correct. Buffalo awesome. would have also uh, been correct. Florida would have also been correct. Wow. So there been you go. around, eh? You did awesome. So your name's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That's courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. What do you think of Kulikov so far? Um, he's he's big. He's strong. He's physical. Uh the the warts in his game are the the um, silly plays. You know, the other night, the, fir- the first game where he tried coming out in front of his own net to beat two guys and lost the puck, and he eventually it was had to be a great save by Smith. Uh, the goal was it game two in Winnipeg where he well, threw I, it blindly it? behind him. It got picked off. They threw it, or was that? Well, it was last night when he tried coming in front of the own, his own net because then it was Koskinen that made the save. Made, that was, okay, you're right. That's Koskinen. When did he throw back door? That was last night too. When he turned the puck over under the goal line, they threw it out for the – yeah, Wheeler's goal. That was him turning the puck over. He just threw it blind. Um, he, he, he brings a physical presence. And he plays with a little bit of nastiness. I mean, we saw in the Winnipeg couple, couple games, guys running into them, then kind of turning back to see, oh, who was that? He popped Dubé early in the game oh, tonight. Yeah, he's he, he's big and strong and, and can play a little nasty. And when you're going down on, you know, Kulikov and Larson, uh, at the end of the shift, when you get back to the bench, you're like, yeah, that was a tough shift because they can play physical. They want him in a shutdown pairing. He just has to... Uh, manage the puck sometimes a little bit better. That'll be our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. All right, we'll call a quick timeout here. James Neal coming up. Oilers lose 3-1 to the Flames. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Okay, the Flames beat the Oilers 3-1 tonight. Lindholm scored twice. Dubé also scored. Milan Lucic fired the shot through Mike Smith. Loose puck. Dubé cleaned it up. James Neal had the only goal for Edmonton. Jacob Markstrom was excellent. He made 30 saves. So Calgary 22-24-3. and The Oilers are now 29-17-2. and The season series is 5-4. 
in favor of the Oilers. Carter Hart, the local kid, goaltender for the Philadelphia Flyers, he's going to be out for the rest of the season with an MCL sprain. Yeah, it's too bad for him. It's been a tough year for him and the, the Philadelphia Flyers. I think the expectations were high there for both Hart and for the team, and it has not gone the way they wanted. Uh, hopefully he gets healthy here in the offseason and bounces back with a big year. And this will be the final, well, couple of weeks as an NHLer for Ryan Miller. Yeah, he's retiring. A wonderful career for, for Ryan Miller, who's, uh, I mean, he's at the, the top of a lot of the charts. He's an American goaltender, correct? Yeah. He'd be at the top of a lot of the, the charts uh, uh, in different categories for American goaltenders. And um, it's unfortunate his career is ending on a down note as he is on a bad hockey team this year that uh, at one point uh, were, well, now th- they might be the worst team in the National Hockey League points-wise. If they aren't, they're fairly close right now, the Anaheim Ducks. They are. I don't think they're quite. Who is last? That's a good point. Buffalo's still last. Anaheim's four points ahead of them. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Ryan Miller you know, obviously played for Vancouver. Oh, yeah, and I forgot he was briefly a St. Louis Blue when they picked him up that one year. But looking back on his stats with Buffalo, I mean, one year he played 76 games. He was good. 36, yeah. 27, and 10. In 09-10, played 69 games, went 41, 18, and 8 with a 929 save percentage. Did he win the Vesna? Like, that's that's unbelievable. He won the Vesna in, he did win it. Was that the year? Because oh, that's a really good year. I can't believe someone could have a better year than that. I mean save percentage and wins that's a pretty that's a darn good year well don't forget the 2010 olympics yes on the uh on the american team that he was is that well, is was, that when sydney scored on him yes but he was so oh, he was still outstanding. He was, oh, he was outstanding except for when sydney scored on him <laughs> fair, fair point uh, yeah, 0910 was the year he won the uh, the Vesna sandwiched in between a couple of years. Tim Thomas won it, but yeah, Mil- I mean Miller kind of great career, but kind of that that peak you know, on either side of 2010 with the Savers. But that, that's that that's a basic 41 18 and eight with a 929 save percentage, and then the, a year the year he got traded to St. Louis. Just with Buffalo, he was only 15, 22, and 3, but they had a 9.23 save percentage. So Their team didn't score. Team. They didn't score a lot of goals. I don't even actually remember him with St. Louis. Yeah, I remember it now because I think the Blues picked him up for the playoffs, but then they, it uh, he only played six playoff games. I can't remember the specific season. It all blends together now. Yeah, but it I do, certainly I do does. remember that now that we're we're uh, we're sort of talking about it. Okay, so these we're going to get to James Neal here in a couple of minutes. He had a decent game tonight for the Oilers. Back at it on Saturday. They they uh, they have the day off tomorrow, so they won't practice. So it'll be a typical morning skate day game. They coming up on uh, on Saturday night. Do you think? I, I would think it's Smith again, and then they split Smith and Koskinen in, in Vancouver. Uh, does anything else get shuffled around? Well, we talked at the end of the game with Bob. Uh, I think possibly Jones back in for Russell. Uh, that was a, a nasty hit that Kachuk th- threw on Russell. He did look uh, a little uncomfortable going back to the bench. Um, there's no reason to play anybody over the last eight games that aren't 100% healthy when you got bodies that you can put into the lineup and your uh, your record or your, your, your status in the playoffs is set. So... I would imagine if Russell isn't 100%, Jones comes back in for him. Okay, let's go back into the Zoom room. Here's James Neal. 
Hey, James, you seem to have a lot of jump today. It was fair to say that, uh, you know, you had high energy levels tonight? Yeah, uh, felt good. Um, I think just uh, playing consistent uh, consistent games in a row there, uh, you know, it gets you back into the, the flow of things. So, um, you know, I feel like I'm, uh, you know, get my legs here at the right time. I know it's been a tough year with everything that's gone on. I guess, yeah. Are you feeling back to like 100% normal? Or are you getting close to that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that's noticeable as as we get going here. Um, I mean, I thought tonight was one of those games where I, uh, you know, started to uh, control the puck and, and be more like myself and, and play the way I know I can play. So, um, yeah, it's been a weird year for sure. So, uh, but uh, like I said, I feel like I'm getting my legs at the right time. And, um, you know, I just got to continue going. Daniel Nugent Bowman, The Athletic. Uh, James, I just wonder how much maybe confidence that gives you. Uh, you're talking about how you, you you felt like you were going, and given that it was a second of a back-to-back, -back, uh, does that give you a little extra confidence that you you had your legs in in the second of a back-to-back -back like that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, I felt good tonight. I think uh, you know being in the lineup uh, uh, on a consistent basis gives you that confidence and. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm right there. So, uh, you know, I've worked hard to, to stay ready. And, um, uh, you know, as, as we keep going here, I just try to keep uh, keep getting better. You know, the first period goes off uh, entirely five on five. And there's a string of, of penalty after penalty uh, there. I think it went down to at least four on three. Um, did you guys find it? kind of difficult midway by the midway point of the period to kind of get in the flow of the game there in the second uh, i mean there wasn't much flow uh obviously special teams but uh you just gotta stay uh stay in as much as you can um you know we were right there going into the third period so um find one and and tie it up but uh you know we let one go so get some rest more regroup and um be ready for them uh, in a day or so brian Rashog, tsn you never know how, you know, back-to-backs will affect a group. Did, do you feel like when you compare, you know, the way you played the other night to tonight, like maybe just a little bit more sloppy as a group, or do, do, do you feel like that's maybe how fatigue set in a bit for some? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know getting back late, uh, you know, trying to get some rest here for today and, and get ready to go tonight. And, um, you know, sometimes you're, you're a little sloppy, but like I said, I thought we were right there going to the third period, so one goal game um so we just got to try to find one and, and tie it up uh and we did it and uh we'll regroup here again just talking about that regroup like this is not a team that's losing a lot of games right now what's the right way to process a loss um you know as you're kind of preparing yourself for the playoffs and not gonna be too hard on yourselves but at the same time you you pull something out of this uh i mean you you gotta have a uh uh, a mindset where you can let things go quickly. I think that's, uh, you know, you're going to have to have that going into to playoffs. That's a playoff mindset where, um, you know, whatever happens in that game, it's over with. You got to let it go and you got to move on. And um, I think as a group, we've done a good job of that. So uh, no different, uh, uh, no different now. Jason Greger, TSN 1260. James, you mentioned it's been a, a very weird year for you, of course, coming back from COVID early, and then you, you had another bout of uh, illness of some sort. C can you kind of explain maybe just how challenging it's been physically for you to get back up to shape and, and try to get back into condition during a season? 
Yeah, it's it's hard for sure. I think uh, you never want to come into camp and, and be behind. I think just the way uh, the way everyone is these days, the way guys come into camp, uh, you know, they're they're full throttle and uh, in amazing shape. So you, you want to be, uh, you know, on your toes coming into camp. So when you come in and you're behind, it, it's tough. But uh, like I said, you got to deal with it. And, um, you know, I've enjoyed the grind of getting back to, to where I need to be. So, yeah. Uh, you know, peaks and valleys, I guess, a little bit uh, throughout the year, and everyone goes through them. But uh, you know, in, in the end, I think I know what kind of player I am, and know what kind of player I've been in the past. And um, you know, I love the playoffs, and uh, I love big games. And uh, you know, we had a great, great opportunity as a group here to do something special this year. So uh, you know, my focus was just to to, to get better each day, and and uh, when I got a chance to try to grab a hold of it, and. Um, you know, to get the last three games in a row here is, has been good and it's good for your confidence and it's, uh, you know, allowed me to get my legs underneath me. So I felt really good tonight. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I started, like, I started to feel like I'm coming here. So uh, it was nice to score a goal too, uh, you know, to, to build and um, hopefully going in the right direction come playoff time. You scored uh, over 290 goals, but even for a guy like that, like, can, can you can you put into words just I don't know if it's you know adds more pep in your step when you score a goal like that and, and how quickly it can just change it, the feeling for a player uh yeah it did it, it, it's uh it definitely changes your mindset it gives you confidence to know that you can score again uh um but I think it's just the, all the plays that go around with it. I think it's just getting your legs underneath you. Um, you know, when you have your legs, you can make the plays out there. And um, I feel like I'm getting there. So, uh, you know, it's nice to see one go in. But I, I thought, uh, you know, the buildup uh, and starting to go in, in Winnipeg. And, um, you know, I felt better as, uh, as the games have gone on here. So um, I like where I'm going here. Mark Specter, Sportsnet. Yeah, that's. I was going to say you got to like where you're going here. You're there's an opportunity in this in this lineup, James. You know, everyone needs a clutch goal scorer in the playoffs, and that's who you've been for a long, long time. Is there a, a lot of guys might write this season off with the way it's been for you, but there appears to be something here for you. Is there a spot waiting for you? Is that fair? It yeah, I think so too. I think, uh, you know, it's just funny the way things work out. Uh, you know, you're sitting around kind of, or not sitting around, that's the wrong terminology, but you're sitting kind of waiting for your opportunity and you're, uh, you're practicing, you're on the taxi squad, you're getting in a game here and there. And, um, you know, it's tough. Uh, so, um, but, uh, you know, each day you just kind of try to stick with it and uh, be a good teammate and help guys out and, uh, you know, be, uh, be a leader around the room. And, um, you know, when, when that opportunity comes, you got to be ready. So I, I, I've stuck right with it. And, you know, I'm getting an opportunity now and I want to be uh, a factor in the playoffs and, and help this team win. And, uh, I've played a lot of playoff games. I've played a lot of big games. I've played uh, in the Stanley Cup finals. I've been through those runs and I know what it takes to get there and, and what it takes to score in the playoffs and uh, how you got to win. So um, I'm looking to, uh, you know, help the team do that. And, um, you know, I think uh, as we go here, uh, I'll just continue to get better. That is James Neal. He has the only goal for the Oilers tonight. They are beaten 3-1 by the Calgary Flames. Get more on 630Chet.com or globalnews.ca. These two teams will do it again on Saturday. Face-off show at 6.30, game at 8, all right here on 630Chet. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer at 630Chet. On behalf of Rob Brown, 
I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great night.